up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come, make sure the crew got their fair shit. And we are back. Host, take us to the promised land, my brother. Thank you guys for uh, joining us for another episode of Food for the Culture. Uh, <laughs> The show where we talk about socially relevant topics, uh, dealing with everything going on today and news, current events, pop culture, and also we talk about dating and relationships. I'm your host, Big Mike, a.k.a. the savant named Levant. We got a full panel with us today. Uh, I want to start introducing, of course, my man Banks in the building. Yo, yo, yo. I do want to say people, Banks was on time today, so we want to. Yeah. About that. that was it. Of course, we have uh, the creator himself, uh, Mr. Josh Waring. Hi, Josh. <laughs> and we got a special guest in the building today, uh, who we affectionately call Tony Stark Jr., my <laughs> friend, our friend, Mr. Anthony L. Lewis. Yeah. Um. I think you guys might, you should call me the number one fan, right? I agree. Before I knew you guys, uh, I was the number one fan. Like, I started off listening to the show on my way to work, on my way home. Then it got addicted. I would be home cutting the grass. I would be home. Like, now I'm, I was searching for shows that y'all did that Mike didn't send to me. Mm. And uh, so yeah. I just want to say, I'm glad to be here. I remember this going from one thing to a new thing. And I'm still still listening to every show till now. And I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. And then with that said, I want to, for the first time on camera, say, what's up, Fresh Banks? (laughs) 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 All right, so Josh Josh might be a little jealous when I say this, but, dude, I feel like you're a celebrity too, man. (laughs) I've been listening to and watching this for a long time, and I get the... You know, chop it up with not in person, but virtually in person. So I just want to say it's been a long time coming to actually get to say what's up to you, man. Um, I appreciate everything you add to this platform, and it's kind of cool. And uh, let, just real quick, I'm gonna cut it short, but um, give you some credit because I told Mike I don't really pop culture ain't my thing, but I be knowing things because I listen to this, you know, you guys, and you always throwing on the pop culture, and I be like. Oh, I know what y'all talking about. They're like, how you know? Listen, man, I'll be listening to food. <laughs> you know, my boy Fresh Banks be on there, you know. So you want to say thanks for that, man. Hey, man, much appreciated. Hey, you're doing big things with your show. And you even got Mike out doing, hosting new podcast shows. Thanks to you, True. man. So uh-huh. all, all into fruition. We're all adding on value to each and yeah. every one of us. And I, I really, I really like what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very exciting, man. Uh, between all of us, there's lots of different shows going on. You know, yeah. we, we we could definitely mention them or maybe Josh could put them in the uh, in the description or something like that below some of those shows. But we're going to get started. The goal is to get, Mike, is to get Mike to sing, and we need we need that. We need yes, that. Yes, on the show. Let's he already put it on the show. Yeah, he did. He did. 
I, he said, I said he I would do it on the big mic, a little ant shell. So he I did. Well, he was very got... clever about it. He didn't actually give a, a deadline. So he was no, very no, clever. I was going to say next, we need a date, Mike. All right. So All right, we next. need a date. By the end of the show, the fans should have a date. By the end right. of this show, right? By the end of the year. That date should be by the end of the year as well. well. I mean, he should at least by the end, before this show is ends, he should let, tell us a date, give us a date. And so no, uh, no no, tenant releases. I don't want the date pushed back, none of that nonsense. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, he's Mr. COVID, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if I'm singing, are, are you playing a piano on, on, on the video then, Josh? No, the boy? first one, it has to be all you, sir. Acapella, stop playing around. <laughs> all right josh over there you know with, with the keys over there so gotta keep moving but um all right well let's just start this show since the introductions are out and we appreciate having everybody on there first thing is uh kyrie irvin basketball player for the brooklyn nets right now and um you know uh just a little background he when the um uh after the george floyd's death and the black lives matter movement got really heavy he was one of the ones who felt as though um, the basketball season shouldn't resume. And he had his reasons, which we detailed on previous shows. And the WNBA season, which is also in a bubble right now, some of their players have decided not to go to the bubble for either coronavirus or to continue with the Black Lives Matter movement. Since we all know they make much less than the NBA players, he's deciding to donate $1.5 million of his own money to help those players with their salaries um, right now. So, so what are your thoughts about that? Uh, let's start with John. Um, I think that's a, it just, I think that particular gesture attributes to uh, Kyrie's personality. And I really think that's a good thing that he's doing, you know, with him being, with him having a net worth of, uh, I think close to $70 million. I think he's doing a good thing of just setting the tone on doing what's right because this is really something that the WNBA organization should do or something within our organization to help, or even the NBA possibly. Um, but I do like the, I do like that he's taking the initiative of helping, you know, the sister organization and helping them in their time in need, especially when they make substantially less than what their counterparts in the NBA make. Yeah, I mean, at 1.5 million, even though it don't sound like a large number like nba wise for the WNBA, that's probably the whole league salary almost something like that's a lot of money because i think the highest is what 900 and something thousand is the top the top of what nba WNBA players make yes i think it's less than that actually but it's um you know a lot of them are making you know regular like job salaries 50 60 000 you know stuff like that um uh a year uh what are your thoughts on this josh so I definitely thought it was cool. And the highest paid w, uh, WNBA player in 2019 was Dewana Bonner, who earned an annual salary of $127,000. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's much less than that. Oh, it actually did used to be higher, I believe, when uh, Cheryl Swoops and Lisa Leslie were in the league. I do believe yeah. it was higher. But that I feel like that goes to the point as to why they're not getting as much revenue now is because they're not really that many household names so i feel like what should happen is they should adopt a similar strategy as major league baseball 
and I would incorporate the G League into this. So have similar to how they do it at the All-Star game. Like when you have the skills challenge, you have a WNBA representative from that, uh, let's say from that region, from a NBA team and yeah. someone from the G League. So I, I just feel like each team in the NBA and honestly, I would do this with MLS as well. Each team in the in, in the NBA sh- should own the uh, WNBA team in that region as well as a G League team in that region. And then you can actually market these actual, you know, players and leagues properly. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And, and when you see this, uh, Tony, what do you think of this? Uh, I think I'm a, a second on what Banks said. I think the good thing about it is he's trying to make a statement. And I think if he can set the tone and other people jump on, uh, because not for nothing, it's kind of like uh, – you know, unemployment, like unemployment is there to help people. Of course, you buy it into you bought into it. But I feel like there's some people who are accustomed to a certain salary. And if they don't get it anymore, like we might say like, oh, well, they got money because they're superstars. But like you guys are saying, they don't even make as much money as you would think, you know, just because they're basketball players. So, um, you know, who's going to help them out? You know, like their lifestyle, like they still got bills, um, you know, everything that's coming in like normal. And they're used to paying for all this stuff. So I think it sets a good tone. And then if somebody else could say, you know what, like, obviously, he's not going to be able to pay. These, you know, his money is going to go but so far. Right. So if somebody else could step in, because to him, a hundred and, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, 150 million might not be that big of a deal. But how long is he going to do that? So somebody else step in because he set the tone is uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. You might have somebody who says, you know, he gave 1.5. Let me give a million or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, you know what? You got enough to really cover their salary. So I thought that was a good thing to talk about. It was a nice, uplifting story. We can move forward because I definitely want Banks' take on this. Um, so let me uh, play the video for Tony so we can get some context. All right, cool. But, yeah, intro the subject, Brother Mike. Oh, this is about our, our guy, Lou Williams, who uh, is a uh, NBA player, also uh, Tony. And uh, as you know, they're in the, uh, you know, the NBA bubble that they created um, in, in, uh, in, in Florida. He left apparently to go to his grandfather's funeral while he was there. While he was after the funeral, he stopped at Magic City. He got caught. Um, somebody took a picture of him. Um, he said he was going to get some chicken wings. Magic City is a strip club in Atlanta, by the way. He said he was going to get some chicken wings. And then a uh, picture came out and now. The NBA, he lost some of his salary, and he got to be quarantined now for 10 days, missing time playing. So I'll let uh, Josh do, get the video going. If I got that. This is, uh, showing how much he loves Magic City. <laughs> okay. Magic City is my favorite restaurant in the world. <laughs> I didn't know they even had food like that, but okay. <laughs> Listen, so all entertainment is shut down in Atlanta, the the... The restaurant is still open. You can still go to Magic and get get your food. It's essential. It's an essential. It's a part of our culture here. Respect, nothing but respect for culture at all times. By the way, I'm really surprised. If anyone's been to Atlanta, I'm surprised that you're saying that about Magic City. They, I mean, they have restaurants and car washes. Like I would expect top-notch quality food at Magic City if in if it's in Atlanta, personally. That's why I want to get to Banks. Banks, have you been to Magic City? Or have you had the food? Uh, well, I've never been to Magic City personally. I've been outside of it, but it looked a little too ratchet for me. Yeah. So All I right. stayed in the car. But um, 
it's not the believe it or not a lot of these restaurants not just in atlanta but like charlotte houston and a lot of these strip clubs in the south they do have like some top-notch soul food like so don't be like surprised where people will literally go to places like Magic city or uh, other high no, high level strip clubs or whatever just for the food like they'll go for brunch they'll go for the, the midnight brunch um, they'll go for wings, they'll go for whatever food that they have because the food be hit. And that's just, that's so I, he could have well known just went for the wings because the food's good. And that's not something that it's hard to believe. Like up here, you see a strip club like in Philly or something where they're serving food and it may not be the greatest or whatever, but nah, down, especially in Atlanta, nah, the food's hitting. I mean, look at this here. Look at the chicken wings. You got the fries, and they got catfish bites with the sauces. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, since the story came out, of course, at first glance, I was like, really? But I've heard everybody say, yeah, the food and the wings are incredible and stuff like that. And he does make a point, a point like, art, isn't it closed anyway right now, I guess? Or whatever. So I, I don't know. Uh, I think strip clubs are open. <laughs> in a letter, <laughs> <laughs> I think they are. I didn't go, but I, I believe they are. They just closed earlier. Well, let's talk about the overarching point, uh, Josh. What about the fact that he actually went there, got caught, and now he's got to, you know, quarantine? Was he wrong for even stopping in the first place, or what do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's in Atlanta, and the bubble's in Orlando, so you're crossing state lines. So if you're going to be that clever about it, perhaps do it at a, you know, at a different time. And I understand it was for a funeral, but the NBA granted you that latitude for the funeral. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like taking advantage of, you know, someone who gives you an, a, an opportunity to be have selective morality about the rules. And he again, you're the sixth man, right? So in terms of branding for the NBA, there's like, you know what? Lou Williams has a wonderful reputation in the NBA. He's about to get this award. Let's extend him his, this grace and latitude. That, that's the way I'm seeing it. Do you think the rules too much that they have in place as far as like he can't stop and get food and stuff like that and whatnot? Well, again, at the end of the day, if you're a prominent athlete who's under strict guidelines and the whole rationale that the NBA is selling to the world to make it palatable during a pandemic is the fact that you have these strict parameters in place, same parameters that other uh, um, other professional sports entities around the world have implemented as well, have been successful, such as uh, football or soccer around the world, right? right? They've been playing for months now. Right. And, you know, no, not, I'm not going to say no COVID outbreaks, but at least in the main leagues, right? Not none at all. And it's because they're sticking to the parameters. But again, if you're going to make that choice, at least try not to get photographed. I mean, he has enough influence to have someone else go to the establishment to get that food for him if it was just for the food. <laughs> yeah, I heard he also got takeout, too. Is that true, Banks? Most places got, most places got takeout, too, I guess. Yeah, they definitely do. Oh. You, can, I think you can even, like, do Uber Eats or Grubhub there. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I know that. You could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, after hours spots they got good food. Like I went to an after hour spot in Atlanta, 
and them them wings are amazing. <laughs> to be honest with you, like it's crazy because I've heard about Magic City since I was a kid. I've never yeah. wanted to go until now because now I want to. There's nothing. Yeah. No, the food. I mean, I never went there, but it, the food the food's good. Trust me. And you're in Atlanta right. in general. A lot. I've of never wanted to go from, for like the women, but now I want to go for the, for the women. No, nah, there's like, people that go there just for the food. Yeah, you were saying and whatnot. And you hearing all this, uh, uh, Tony? What do you what do you think about it? What you're hearing? So. All right, so one thing, uh, we live all the way out here. I know for a fact that the Pennsylvania strip clubs are open. So if Pennsylvania strip clubs are open, I'm pretty sure Atlanta strip clubs are open. <laughs> and let's be clear. You see him on the video laughing, joking. He liked the spot. He'd been to the spot before. Come on, man. You're not going to not go. You're not going to only go for the for the for the food. Like, let's just be clear. If if it was a if I never been there before and I heard the food was really good. Right. And I care about the whole oh, you know, uh, pandemic, then I'll probably pull up, have somebody, you know, order the food or whatever, but it's a strip club. Like, come on, let's be clear. Like you're going to the strip club. And then I feel like too is, uh, he would, like Josh said, was really important. The, the, the biggest takeaway is it's a global pandemic and they're being gifted to be able to still put on a sport that the world loves. Right. right. So they're making you live in a bubble in order to do this sport. And allow you to go to a funeral, which is, you know, if they're going to allow you to do anything, that's pretty good cause, right? Why would you take yourself to a trip club to get food, even if it was just only food? Because it's like you're the camera's always on you, man. Like, yeah. So it's just that's just that's bad. So I feel like, yes, he should have got fined. Yes, he should be definitely quarantined. The big takeaway is quarantine. The, the main thing is you're in a bubble to be away from society so you could play. So, yeah, he should be quarantined. And he should be fine. Number one, you're making it, you get, you're making it look bad also, you know. Gotcha. For the sport. Okay. And, and speaking of sports, um, a different sport we're going to talk about, but more in a deeper context, is baseball. And apparently uh, every player in the game between the Yankees and Washington Nationals. So what they did is – they took a nail before the anthem mm -hmm. instead of during the anthem. But then when the anthem started, they got up. So I guess it's kind of their way of showing they respect the movement, but without, I guess, quote unquote, disrespecting the flag. Right. That's cool. So, okay. So, so, so since you, you started, what, 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 what are your thoughts when you see that or, or, or hear that, Tony? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool because I think um, the whole kneeling thing got a little kind of misconstrued. But then again, everybody have their right. So I could say, hey, I feel like that's disrespectful if you're kneeling. Um, I could say I don't think it's disrespectful. So I feel like they try to fit both sides. You know, you know what? Let's take a knee, but also let's stand up. I feel like that's I don't know why we didn't think of that before, but I think that makes a lot of sense. You know. OK, what about you, Banks? What do you say? What do you think? Uh. My thing is, I, I like the fact that they did that, but I feel like they're still getting the whole point of the nailing thing out of context, because especially with them just standing back up when the national anthem comes up, because I don't really think that's necessarily disrespecting the flag. The whole point yeah, of it is really, the whole point of it really is, what, 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 at least what Colin initiated was one for police brutality, and two, um, the, the the national anthem, base even though they took the third verse out, it it's basically degrading, in a sense of what the true imagery of what that's coming from. In essence, I really feel like they should just change the whole anthem and do something else. 
so we can, you know, move past it and hopefully, you know, give the general public something else to, you know, show honor to our country as opposed to that song. And I feel like with them just standing standing back up doesn't really do much or go with what um, the general cause is for. I, um, if I could say something real quick, I feel like right, uh, right. in times um, like you, there's there's okay, there's times in life where you can modify something, right? So let's say if you have a business and you realize, you know what, um, we're uh, we're not making as much money, so let's modify what we originally was gonna do. For instance, Mike and I, it started off as Big Mike, Little Ant, right? Mike came up with, you know what, if I did my own show, I. St- is could I still do it on the channel? And I realized like, yo, you know, he's pretty smart because he could bring other people that I can't bring, right? So I feel like in times you modify things. So I get that if you stand up, you're not, um, so the whole purpose was to kneel during the whole thing, right? But we know it was an uproar with a lot more people, right? So I feel like this is kind of like, you know, you're catering to both sides. It, it's not like if I, if I don't kneel through the whole thing, um, I mean, personally, I feel like there's people who, I don't know if this gets into a race thing, but there's people who I guess don't, um, get it or feel it don't, um, or feel like it's disrespectful. Right. So I feel like this is kind of cool because they're literally kind of saying, look, we're still taking up the cause, but we also don't want to be disrespectful to the people who, um, feel this is, this is being disrespectful too. So I feel like it's the modification isn't bad because, um, don't like, if you know, there's like half of the population or more than half the population that probably kind of feel like they're being is disrespectful. Excuse me. I don't think it's wrong to modify your original stance. So you can say, Hey, listen, we're not being disrespectful. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, Banks, but I feel like if they're modifying what they're doing so that they could, you know, there's some people in the military who think it's disrespectful. There's some people in the military said, nope, it's not disrespectful. So this is just a way of, you know, catering to both sides, I think. Um, well, you know, to, to see your point, and in one second, Josh, that's uh, Miguel, just a heads up, you're uh, cutting in and out like Teddy Riley. So this just a heads up there. Yeah, you could like teacher cold. He froze. Miguel. <laughs> Earth to Miguel. Well, you um you, right. you had something to say, Josh? Yeah. All right. So in terms of this, it makes the most sense because baseball and its tagline, right, is America's pastime. So you knew they were gonna have a solution as tony spoke to with the bit of a modification having both it kind of reminds me of what happened uh when jerry jones came down and kneeled with the players and tom brady kneeled with the players and you had some modifications of it so in this way they get to do both um and it makes sense that it was in dc out of all places that they premiered this strategy Josh, can you hear me now a little bit. You're a little chopped and screwed. Uh, all right, keep talking. But uh, yeah, 
So I can see the NFL doing something like this as well in terms of kneeling or standing before and or after. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Josh, you hear me now? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> All right, go, 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 go ahead to the next one where we got about the lightning. All right, so we had a a video from the roommates, but it was a bit too long. But essentially they were saying is that, and Tony, I feel like you'd be able to identify with this as well. So apparently, you know, growing up, some people of our persuasion would be told, oh, you're, you know, you're white because you're articulate. You're white because, you know, uh, you you don't use ebonics and things like that. Right. Like there's only certain parameters for being black, one of which is being impoverished, right? Oh, you, you can't be black. You're not black, black because you're you're not poor type of thing. So all that other type of nonsense. And have you ever experienced that growing up, Tony? Yeah, definitely. I literally had a bunch of times. This is silly. Uh, people said, you're the whitest black guy I know. I'm like, really? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've had that. But uh, um, it's kind of stupid, but I get like, here's here's the, the hard thing. Uh, and I want to bring this up, but I made the video, you know, called The Real Issue With Being Black. And uh, I was trying to say that Sometimes we um, make it popular to do things that society will automatically judge us and say we're ghetto, right? And so I seen a video the other day where this white girl, it was on uh, TikTok last night, and she was like, she her hair was like braided to the side. She was trying to be ghetto, but she was like, oh, um, people try to say white girl or white people or um, acting black. She's like, how am I acting black? She's like, I grew up in the ghetto, so I kind of got this this style to me, but that don't mean I'm trying to act black. So I see people often think like, okay, if you're, let's just call it acting ghetto, then you're automatically black. But remember there was a term called wiggers where it was like the white guys who, you know, was dressing like, you know, they was on a rap video or something. But, um, so I feel like anybody could be ghetto. Um, but it doesn't have to be black people. But again, we get the stigma of if you're talking slang or certain stuff, you'll be, you know, you're, you're black. And if you're not, um, like everybody on this panel, like I said to Mike in the very beginning, uh, just go back a little bit. He said, uh, Hey, you want to check out my, um, my podcast. So instantly I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be some crazy ghetto stuff. I know <laughs> for real, that's really what I thought. And I listened to it. And I was like, what made me like your podcast? I said, man, all three of the guys are real articulate. There are smart guys, you know? And I thought that was cool for me. Cause I don't, I'm not always like the cool, you know, the super hood stuff is just not really my thing. So I get what this thing is, is saying. And I've had people tell me, Oh, you're the whitest black guy I ever met. But yeah. But no, look, I'm, still, I'm still drinking my, my, uh, my grape, grape soda. Listen, when I came home, my white wife walked up to me and was like, oh, I bought you a soda. So look, she bought me. You know, so I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I guess we're gonna find out. John, what about you? You ever seen this before? Heard about this? Or heard something like this? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard people say that about me um, sometimes. Um, but I, I mean, I do. My thing is, I don't think it really makes. If people understood the severity of like this, 
the whole you're not black enough or the way you talk is not of a certain swagger and all that. I mean, if you really go back in essence of where all this comes from, all this was generated by the government based upon the area they put you in, the projects, and all that is based on some sort of test that they put out. And you can see that uh, based upon um, just different people. Like You can see Indian people who may sound black or white people who may sound black or Chinese people. Just That's just based on the area that they placed you in. But if you go to the original source, <laughs> Africa, and you see even like the ghettos and different areas there, they don't talk like that. They don't have no vernacular or they don't really carry themselves in that type of swagger because it's based off the area and where they're, they've been placed at. So I think if people look at the root of it, they're really just acting on on what they were taught. So there's really no such thing as you being this, that, and the third, because if you go back in time, before this was even implemented, you would see people of uh, people that were black and they dressed a certain way and they spoke a, a certain way and it was not like how it is now. I mean, they may have like different lingos and stuff like that, but it wasn't as 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 uh, as excessive as it is right now. Yeah, I think I think it's two parts, though. I think one, uh, me and Mike covered this on a big Mike little ant not that long ago, systemic racism. So I feel like what Banks is saying is right. Um, we were set up so where we primarily stayed in the same area. We didn't, and I'm talking about black people, we didn't have the same type of education. Um, notice our slang is always to uh, shorten something, right? We want to make everything short. So like I catch myself, I don't like it. So whenever I catch myself like shortening my sentences or, you know, uh, it bothers me. I, it took me a long time. Like I used to curse after every single word. I was super hood. Um, it took me a long time because I told myself I don't want to be perceived as just the black guy, right? Oh, that's if we got a white Anthony and black Anthony, that's black Anthony. I don't like that. So, but I think the two things is one systemic racism. So it was put on us. Thanks, I, I agree with him. Um, but two, I feel like we take it and run with it, so we glorify it. You know, you see any rap music or any, um, you know, primarily the most popular rap stars are black, right? It is what you know. And so in the majority, but if you watch or listen to, and I think it's getting better now, like you see somebody like Drake, like he's like, isn't as super ghetto as, you know, back back in my probably rap day. But I feel like um, uh, we glorify as black people. We like things that's ghetto. We like raunchy stuff. We just like that stuff. It's part of our culture because again, what came first is a systemic racism. So it's like two parts and like it's it's a hard it's hard to even get out of because, again, you got black people that's telling you, oh, you don't act black. You know, why are you trying to sound white? You know, and that's mainly coming from a black per person to a black person. So it's, it's deep. Josh, your thoughts on it all? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just a lot of social conditioning on both sides. Right. So you have social conditioning from people who aren't black thinking that it's only people who are black who communicate in this way and if you don't then it's wow it's you know I, i'm shocked very surprised because at the end of the day terms like this you're so articulate that's a term of condescension in that context like i'm i'm so surprised that you're even able to formulate an articulate sentence like wow good for you nice job type of thing as if you know we actually need your approval 
So that, again, that comes from that privilege and entitlement due from the, you know, the systematic oppression. And on the other side, then you have your own people who are like, who are buying into that narrative. And as Tony is saying, they, they run with it and they glorify it as we see in, in the music industry. So you can have your own people who are like, yeah, you're not one of us either. So I would suggest that people go out and see the film prep school Negro by Andre Robert Lee. It actually articulates it in a much more creative way. So I, I would definitely suggest that. Yeah. Um, hope you guys can hear me now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So um, a couple of things I, I will say, and it, there's another layer to this too, especially when it comes to the dating aspect, certain black females will think you're, I guess, quote unquote corny. If you're able to articulate yourself in a certain way and, and you're uh, you know, you, you choose certain words from your vocabulary that they're not used to hearing. Um, so that, and that's another aspect of it too, because, you know, you may try to portray something that you're not, which is weird just to try to, you know, fit in with this female that you're trying to be with. And that's the even other aspect of it. But as for what we're talking about now, it's a shame because it should just be your articulate, but not in a condescending way, but right. more in the fact that you're, you know, it's more about, you know, about you're you're educated not that you talk white because you, you you can't really talk a race i think that's just ridiculous now the girl with the braids i think that's more goes into uh what they call like appropriate in black culture they said it back when justin timberlake had cornrows and stuff like that like and and some of that i i, I do kind of get but as far as how you speak it's more of what you know and john's point i want to say is also accurate because you know going back when i'm at the point Going to work Yo, Mike. Yeah. Yo, where are you in your house? Because you're in a different location. That might be why you're not getting the best signal. Is there a reason why you're not in the kitchen? I think he's in the bathroom. It looks like he's in the pantry, right? Like, what you doing? Bro, bro. 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 You got an Ethernet cable? Just you got an Ethernet cable? No, uh, I'm on a I'm gonna switch my uh my uh what is it called? Um yeah, hotspot. Hotspot. Interesting. Yeah, man, I paid for the the gigabit speed, so I don't have the issues, no. That thousand megabytes per second, baby. I, I don't even pay for that at all, to be honest. That's what's up, bro. Hashtag stream life. Listen, if I could get away with not paying, I don't think I need to pay for what I'm paying for, but I just don't like. Hold on, I'm, hold on, I'm gonna switch real quick. I'm gonna switch. Now go ahead. We're just kind of chatting. <laughs> No, I don't. I mean, this is off the cuff, right? So I don't like if, um, or it doesn't matter. I don't like if I'm doing something that I have those issues. So like when I was trying to stream a couple of times and it was driving me crazy, I literally was going to spend $1,500 to get a new laptop, a gaming laptop, just because I it made me mad, you know, when I'm trying to stream and people are watching and it's chopping, you know, but um, um, I guess it's extreme. And I decided, okay, let me just stream in 20, uh, 720p and then uh, it is what it is. Instead of trying to scream in 1080, 60. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
But um, but I, I get you know sometimes you go hard, you know, go extra just to. Hot spot now. Hopefully it'll keep me. Yeah, you know, right next to my, my hot spot. You guys can hear me, right? See me, everything. So wait, what are you doing this entire time? I was using Wi Fi. Using his Wi Fi, but now he's using right. his phone hotspot. Right. And what location are you in? I'm in my bedroom right now. Interesting. The closet, not pantry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, what do you, you got? You got guests over or something? No. Because usually, oh, you, Tony, you're... usually he's at his table, right? Like, right. like what are you doing, Mike man? Girls, Mike got girls locked up in his room. That's yeah, why. Yeah, clearly, that's that's I'm definitely. Got By the way, uh, Miguel Stop is single at the moment, ladies. So that that might be why he might be uh acting a little odd here. My got that chocolate factory playing. Rated R. You know what? They're closed in my room. Okay. <laughs> Yo, my man, go to the kitchen table, man. Stop playing around. What you doing? Right. Why? You hear me and see me now, right? Yeah. No, it's still choppy. Like, yeah, I guess it's it's trying to catch up, but um, you don't know how long it's gonna take to do that, you know. <laughs> 